Are you ready? Welcome to Almond Delight's Reading Corner. Relax your spirit, relax your mind, relax your soul as we get into this book. The first book in our series will be The Epiphany, a love and gospel music novel by yours truly, Timothy Blaine. So head on over to Amazon.com to download your copy today. All the links will be down in the description bar. Please go support our authors and read along with the Almond Delights. Are you ready? Hi, welcome everyone to another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner and today we will be starting from chapter 6 of the book The Epiphany by our author Timothy Blaine. I want to welcome everyone um, to this episode. If you have not read with us before, I welcome you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for dropping down out of the choir stand. But today we're going to start on chapter 6 to give you a little rundown. Um, Joey has returned to therapy. And Joey has also ran into his second epiphany, which was a Chinese cab driver. And now the Chinese cab driver is letting Joey know that Dallas is his assignment now. Uh, Dallas and Ryan were together. Ryan's mom found out that Ryan was actually gay. So she sent some goons to get Dallas uh, cased up to get him put in jail. But the epiphany let Joey know that it was his turn to save Dallas. So he went and saved Dallas and got him away from the apartment. So that way he would not get caught up by the police. Um, Ryan's mom had the somebody go into their apartment to place drugs and guns in there. So now Dallas is kind of on the run and he's with Joey. Joey, we know, is a 60-year-old gospel singer, uh, gospel music artist. And Dallas is an up-and-coming artist who wants to get into the music industry probably by way of gospel music right now. So I hope that brought you guys up to speed. And we're going to begin. Um, and right now I'm going to give my disclaimer. There are a few choice words in this book that I will be giving you guys. Um, I might giggle before I say them, but... <laughs> uh, just listen. If you have your book, just read along with us and, you know, interact in the chat. So we're going to get started now. Damn! said Dallas for the third time since leaving LAX. This place is huge. How long we been riding, man? We're getting there, said Joey, warming to the idea of being back in his beloved domain. Even though he had lived a part of his adult life out on the road as an entertainer, he had of late rarely found any reason to leave the comfort of his own home on his darkest days, his bed. 
Two months was a long time to suddenly be away from everything and everyone he knew and loved. But the trip north had been, a great, had been great for him. Joy was excited. This is Wilshire Boulevard. Start thinking of it as your new Market Street. Stratton is away to the east. That's downtown L.A. Beverly Hills and eventually the ocean is in the opposite direction. That's the west side. Directly in front of you is the Hollywood sign. That's north and where I live. And of course behind us, south side and the airport. Something tells me you're leaving out quite a bit, said Dallas, craning his head to take in as much as he could from the back seat of a Stratton Company limo. Can't believe I'm finally here, man. I wanted to take a trip down here since I got to California. Las Vegas is so close. I'm surprised you never... Hey, there's something I keep meaning to... I keep meaning and then forgetting to ask you, man. You were born and raised in Vegas, right? Yup. Las Vegas General Hospital, March 1990. So why are you called Dallas? You told me Dallas is your birth name. Maybe one day my mother will tell me the whole story. Somehow, she never got around to it. Basically, my natural father was aspiring, was aspiring Texan card cheat who, after nearly being caught and then deliberately losing his shirt at one of the downtown casinos, found himself trapped in Vegas. He wandered into our family's church to cry a little and pray for a good hand. That's where they met. And I'm sorry to say that's pretty much what I know about my father and about my name. He was long gone by the time I was born. Still, she named you in his memory, said Joey. That says something. If you're implying love, child, well, I guess that would depend on how loosely you would use the word love. Anyway, I never heard anything negative, never so much of anything about him one way or another. Am I prying, Dallas? No, it's cool. Look, I know I've been I haven't been exactly forthcoming about myself, man. My family story is not great. When I, first, when I first got to San Francisco about four years back, I used to make up stories about where I came from. You know, about my family life and all that. But that got old pretty quick. Seems like every time I smoked half a joint, I start contradicting and mixing up things. Much easier just to tell the truth or shut the hell up about it. Chuckling as he spoke. I did a lot of that as a young dude myself, said Joey. I always felt like my family history needed a serious airbrush. Hard to make real friends though, right? That's weird. That's the weird thing about Ryan and me. At the time we met, he'd been lying to everyone about his background too, except for totally different reasons. The man actually has to worry about blackmail, extortion, things like that. Being Ryan Prescott of New York, Paris, and Southampton, Bless every conceivable privilege and advantage has been no bed of roses for him. That guy is a is a total innocent man, yet, well, it's that damn mother of his. I just better shut up, man. I probably already said too much. Let's not talk about Ryan anymore right now. My mother married a, married a real asshole shortly after I was born, Joey. Calls himself a preacher. But actually, he's a con man and a whoremonger. He colored my whole childhood dark. When I made the decision to leave Nevada, it was while running and ducking his bullets. Wait just a damn minute, said Joey. You're saying your stepfather came after you with a gun? I was the only one running out in front of him, said Dallas. It's a long story. And believe it or not, some parts are funny as hell. 
My family background is a hard one for me, man. Anyway, circumstances had Ryan and me living alone together in that little shoebox apartment shortly after I arrived in San Francisco. You lived together for four years? Yeah, funny thing is, I don't think either one of us has ever lied to each other in all that time. You're going to miss him, said Joy. What do you have to say about all of this? I just told him that the cops were after me for some reason. Bobby J didn't want me back in the building. He suggested that I get out of the area and quit. Just like that? Actually, there's more to it than that, said Dallas. For the moment, Ryan's on his way back to New York to stay with his parents. His mother had, must have just gotten to... <laughs> His mother must have gotten to the hippie asshole landlord, he told Ryan. He had to go too. Man, you can't just throw people out in the street like that. There are laws. Since she just uh, since she just happened to be in town when all the drama jumped off, his mother insisted that he return to Manhattan with her, said Dallas. She said nothing about him leaving school. Ryan was supposed to graduate a couple of months back, so he knows something's up. That woman being in town just as our front door is being kicked in was no accident, man. Trust me, Ryan is no fool. He's got good reasons for playing along with whatever this game is just a little while longer. Game? exclaimed Joey. You think she has something to do with setting you up, Dallas? That's some serious shit, man. Ryan says walk away for the moment. This is not the first time something like this has happened. Your lovers, stated Joey. Making and holding intense eye contact. Hmm. Hmm. Don't ever say anything about it, man. I'm serious, Joey. Are you? He persisted. Something tells me you already know the answer to that. You're both grown men, Dallas. If only it were that simple. Look, let's just drop this. Tell me some more about your little town here, man. Dude, you didn't tell me you live like this said Dallas, walking into the foyer of Joey's spacious cliffside Hollywood house. Damn, you're rich. So you like it? Asked Joey rhetorically while looking over several notes left on the key table by his housekeeper, Edna. He knew the house was beautiful. Dwayne's second corner was definitely interior design. We built it, ex actually, we had, it, we had to buy a funny little house that used to sit here, tear it down, and then we built it. Is this him? Asked Dallas, picking up a large silver frame. Man, you guys were so young. <laughs> Most old people were at some point or another, Dallas. Duane was about your age there. Damn, you were a good-looking dude. You were a good-looking dude, Joey. You look like a fucking model. Yeah, no gray hair, laugh lines, or wrinkles. Those were the days. You're still a good-looking dude, man, said Dallas. But you know that. Well, your room's back here, said Joey, picking up one of Dallas's newly purchased canvas bags and moving towards the ground floor guest room. They never returned to the little apartment in the Hyatt to pick up his things. I've got a few calls to make, and then we can get reservations for dinner at 7. Cool. Hope it's hella casual. All I have is jeans. Well, that's sure not something we have to worry about, said Joey. In fact, there's plenty of overflow in the guest walk-in. Help yourself. Help yourself to the whole place, man. Get comfortable, Dallas. 
As Joey turned the, the doorknob leading to the largest of two guest bedrooms, they both heard a short screech. Hello, Edna, he said to the stout, gray-haired, and thankfully fully clothed woman laying on a partially made queen-size bed. When I told you to prepare the guest room, I didn't mean for yourself, honey. Sorry, Joey, baby, said Edna, rising from the bed and straightening the duvet. Must have dozed off. Up cleaning and getting the house ready all night. Now I done went and embarrassed you. Good to see you, honey, said Joey, giving her a big smile and hug, and then turning to face the door. This is Dallas. He's going to be staying with us for a while. Hello, ma'am, said Dallas. Nice to meet you, young man, she said. Don't you be worrying nothing about old Edna. I'm still strong as a bull and sharp as a whistle. No, sir. Old Edna don't be falling asleep on the job. Don't know what came over. She's also the best cook this side of Alabama, said Joey with pride, squeezing the older woman tightly against him. They did not have a mere employee-employee relationship. Joey loved Edna, and she loved him right back. They had been taking good care of each other, especially in the last two years. Where's my Petey? Must have got trapped downstairs again, said she said. Just as well, let the young man get settled in a bit, Joey, before we see if he gonna need the Claritin pills. <laughs> I'm loving this car, man, said Dallas, as the two men made it around the curb out the curb, descending into the flats of the flat lands of Hollywood. What year? This one's a fifty six. There's something there's just something about me and Corvettes, man. I have three. Look, Dallas, about this couple we're having dinner with. They're very special to me. You worried about me embarrassed you, huh, Joey? No, no, no. You're a solid dude, said Joey. You'll get along just fine. It's just that, well, they're both pastors. Pastor Brown and his wife? That's the family, said Joey. How did you guess? Come on, man. Just hope you made it clear who we are to each other. They know, said Joey with a slight smile. I'm a record producer, Dallas. Hanging out with young, young people is, well, it's just part of the job, man. Expect that you know. Still, me coming back to town with you and up at your house? If you were my brother-in-law, I'd be thinking. Cynthia knows the whole story. We talk pretty much every day. I didn't tell her about your old line of work, though. Maybe we shouldn't bring that up just yet. They'll think I'm trouble, said Dallas. Johnny used to be a coke dealer, Joey laughed out loud. That man got saved in prison. Relax and enjoy the night, Dallas. I just want you to meet my folks, man. These are good people, brother. I know you've had a few bad experiences with folk in the pulpit. You're in for a treat. Well, I told you about the step asshole and the one we had before him, Reverend Matthews. Well... The Rev was a decent dude and all, but talk about dry and boring. I think he must have heard his calling wrong. That man should have been a sleep therapist. <laughs> How about your current church? Asked Joey. Seemed pretty cool. The city? Oh, hell yeah. That's my first and only real church home, man. They've helped me a lot, Joey. I've come to terms with many things about my faith and about myself since I started going there. A lot of gay people there, said Joey. Duh, said Dallas. Are you gay, Dallas? 
I'm in love with Ryan. He is a dude, right? So, yeah, probably. I just wish it wasn't so damn complicated. Being an out gay man is complicated for you? I sing in the choir of one of the gayest churches in California, man. No, it's this thing with Ryan. Being with that man is extremely complicated. A lot of secrecy and mystery with you two. Joey, I'm trusting you to keep anything I ever say about him to yourself. That's responsibility. Do you want it? You can trust me, Dallas. I want to be your friend. Ryan's family is not just plain rich, said Dallas. They left rich a long way back. He has no brothers or sisters. His mother nearly died trying to produce a second heir. If Ryan doesn't produce at least one boy child, the Prescott name dies with him. So they want him to marry a woman and start making babies. His mother is obsessed. When Ryan turns 25, he's going to inherit a fortune from his family trust. The apron strings will be permanently cut. Ryan had been basically lying, hiding, and bidding his time in San Francisco until that birthday. As far as his family knew, he had been attending Stranford because San Francisco is where his fiancé's family lived. The two lovebirds would of course be wed immediately following their graduation. But there's going to be no wedding, said Joey, because there never was any school or fiancé. Sure, there's a university in Stratford. It's just that Ryan never showed up for even one class there. Maybe someday Ryan Prescott will direct Broadway plays as well as all his other ambitions. Every year he'd, be su he'd sublet an apartment near the school and put on a little show. The girl, Sabrina, is just a good friend of his and her parents were both paid actors. It all sounds pretty risky if you ask me. He's just buying time, man, said Dallas. His parents are very busy, Joey. The mother spends more than a third of her time at their Paris apartment, runs a fashion magazine, among other things. The father works long hours, plus keeps a little young thing on the side in Manhattan. They had no reason not to believe what Ryan was telling them. After all, they saw the girl once or twice a year, even met with her parents. So what happened, man? Don't know, said Dallas, massaging his forehead. But you can bet your ass hairs that if they, especially that grand Miss Colleen Prescott, have caught on to what's really been going on, no way is that stuck-up bitch going to let him just pick up a check for $20 million and disappear into the sunset. No way is she going to let that happen that easily, man. If they're the ones who try to set you up, they must know about you too. I'll try to call his cell again tonight. I really don't know what's going on, Joey. I've left half a dozen messages. I'm worried. In the morning, we'll see if your old cell phone number can be reactivated, said Joey, pulling into a lot of Sunset Boulevard. Okay, this is the restaurant, man. I guess I don't have to say anything about the cussing. <laughs> well, that was a smooth flight for once, said Miss Colleen Prescott as she gracefully stepped into the bustling and very familiar John F. Kennedy Airport. We can be grateful for that at least. Nice to finally be back in the real city. I thought you liked San Francisco, said Ryan. Always said you did anyway. Not anymore. You've ruined my perception of that funny little town forever, she said. And that horrible rat hole you were living in? 
Ryan, how could you possibly close your eyes there? What are you talking about? Highest Street, said Ryan. How do you know anything about that? I picked you up at the airport, and then it was right to Berkeley. Don't make a scene, for God's sake, she said. We'll talk in the car. I want to talk now, mother. You've been spying on me again. Admit it. Don't be ridiculous, Ryan, said Colleen. You left me sitting in a taxi in the Hyatt for close to half an hour. I can only imagine. What really happened back there, mother? He asked. Well, here's the car. Thank God, she said, sidestepping the question altogether. After the rear doors of the family limo were closed and the luggage loaded, the car was in motion. You think you're very smart, don't you, Ryan? Said Miss Prescott. There's always been a certain unwarranted arrogance about you. Well, boy genius, in case you haven't quite figured it out, of course I know all about your little homo hideaway. What do you think you're dealing with? Who do you think you're dealing with? I've been trying to tell you about my sexuality since before I left New York, said Ryan. I am not ashamed, mother. It's you. It's your damn problem. I don't much care what you do with yourself after you get out of this car, Ryan. But tomorrow morning at 7 sharp, you will be meeting with your father, the Prescott attorneys, and me at their offices. It's time we had a formal reading of your grandparents' will. We'll see how homosexual you are after that. You fucking witch, said Ryan angrily as he opened the passenger side door of the slow-moving limo. You really believe money is the only thing that matters? You must know how, you must know how much I hate you, mother. But yes, I will be at that damn meeting, and you can bet your pampered white ass I'll be there on time. I know you will, Ryan. You're a Prescott. Greed is a footprint in your DNA. She then waved the driver to proceed. And scene. That was chapter six of the Epiphany. And we will take a short intermission before we get on to chapter seven. <laughs> Are you ready? Welcome. To Almond Delight's Reading Corner. Relax your spirit, relax your mind, relax your soul as we get into this book. The first book in our series will be The Epiphany, a love and gospel music novel. By yours truly, Timothy Blaine. So head on over to Amazon.com to download your copy today. All the links will be down in the description bar. Please go support our authors and read along with the Almond Delights. Are you ready? Shh. Let's read. Welcome back. <laughs> so we're on to chapter 7 of The Epiphany. And this chapter is called The Company. As the two black men pulled up 
to the nine foot tall heavy black metal fence and electronic gate that completely surrounded the parking lot inside entrance to Stratton Records, they were approached by a huge and very tall armed Latino security officer. As he approached the driver's side of Joey's vintage Corvette, he greeted him with a good morning, sir, then held up two fingers toward the top of the huge black pole welded into the fence. At the top of the pole, a swiveling steel mesh enclosed camera. The heavy metal gate rolled open. Entering the small lot in the heart of the downtown LA felt a little like entering a very well-guarded outdoor showroom for European sports cars. Wow! said Dallas, craning his head to take in all the sexy metal and molded fiberglass bodies, a few of which were elevated on hydraulic lifts. L.A. folk love their cars, man, said Joey, pulling into the reserve spot nearest the gunmetal gray painted red brick structure. In San Francisco, my vets would probably be a little flashy. So this is where it all happens? This is the old Uptown Theater? This is the baby. Later we'll walk around to the front of the building. Looks like it did just looks like it did the day it opened in 1926. We even light up the marquee every night. Place is an authentic recognized Los Angeles landmark. Yeah, I googled it last night. Built by a young architect named Brandon Stratton back in 24 and 25. Passed to a guy named Anthony Simmons in 1958. Declared a Los Angeles landmark shortly thereafter. And then when Mr. Simmons passed away, he left the building to you. Well, I guess there's no reason to show you around the place then. I assume you Googled the inside of the structure as well. Only had pictures up until about 1955. Who was Anthony Simmons, Joey? Was he your... Brother Anthony saved my life. He was a good man, Dallas. I'm going to have to ask you to be mindful and respectful when using either of those men's names around here especially around me. Sorry, man. I meant no disrespect. I... Hey, Joey. Man, it's good to see you, said a tall, very attractive, expensively dressed African-American woman as she opened Joey's car door and accepted miscellaneous folders in Joey's briefcase. And this must be Dallas, she said over Joey's lap. We've all been looking forward to meeting you. Della stepped out of the car and walked around to help the woman with the armload of folders. This is my personal assistant, Gloria Carter, said Joey with pride in a wide smile. Dallas, Gloria, Gloria, Dallas. Nice to meet you, ma'am, said Dallas, retrieving all the folders. Gloria held on to Joey's briefcase. Ma'am sounds so old, honey. Why don't you just call me Gloria, she said. Although Gloria Carter was probably close to Joey's age, she was very well put together. Perfect makeup and human hair weave, glistening caps, and a body like a 20-something. Yet, there was something a little unnatural about her face, Dallas thought. Probably had some of that Botox or... Don't stare, Dallas, whispered Joey into his ear as they made their way towards the stage entrance. Gloria is transgendered. Oh, okay, cool. As you can see, the place is packed, said Gloria. I've got you booked into Studio 3 as of 10 minutes ago. Scratch swears they're on the verge of a major breakthrough in there. He's been right a few times, said Joey lightheartedly. 
but it's still double time glow and make sure he's charged in full hours he he can show afford it just broke top 10 again he's my god he's my god ex joey you guessed it came on at number eight and still moving if he doesn't wrap it up in the next few minutes i can get you guys into the main studio in 20. fine said joey and would you see if you can get johnny on the line for me nice room man said dallas upon entering joey's private office on the top floor of the three-story former movie theater the space was lofty and well lit by a massive dome-shaped skylight you've got quite a life in this town joey man a couple years back you wouldn't have been able to find a desk in here i'd be juggling five or six projects at a time plus hosting the show hiring gloria was a very good decision one has kept the place going almost single-handedly you're saying you haven't been working a lot lately? Hardly at all. Place seems plenty busy. Who's filling up the parking lot? Producers, techs, musicians. They're mostly independents, Dallas. Man, this building used to be full of nothing but straightened employees. You okay, Joey? Yeah, I'm cool. Look, at least the bills are getting paid. It's just that I never planned on being a glorified studio landlord. That's all. That's why we send the boy, Joey Buddy. <laughs> what? 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 Asked Dallas, startled by a sudden momentary change in Joey's demeanor. Your voice. Your voice just... Nothing. Guess I'm still a little tired from the trip. As Joey stepped around to take the chair behind his desk, he picked up a book-sized package from the, pack, from the top of a hefty stack of mail. The FedEx package was stamped overnight and urgent. It was addressed to Dallas Jordan, company of Joey White, at Stratton Records. This is for you, he, ex he said, extending his arm. Huh? How can I have a... The sender was simply Ryan. There was no return address. Joey, is there a place where I can have a minute? Sure. You can hang out in here. Take as long as you need, brother. I'll see what's going on in the space. Thanks. Studio One had at one time been the stage in the front of the big screen at the old Uptown Theater. At another time, the pulpit of One Love Body of Believers Church. For a short time, back in 1969, it had been the place where a very young Joey White slept wrapped in old moving blankets in his current incarceration studio in his current incar incarnation studio one was any recording artist's dream state of the art in every way imaginable even down to the insulated crafted leather floors as joy peeked in on the quickly vacating studio a rush of history and then morbid sadness rolled across his quickly moistening eyes the room held so many memories Dallas, I love you. I know that, I know, I know you know that, and yet it feels like I haven't said it to you nearly enough. So much has happened over the last days, man. First, I need to say that the reason I made no effort to stop you from leaving San Francisco is I didn't have to involve you any more than I already have. My life is poison to all outsiders, Dallas. Maybe someday I'll grow a heavier set of balls and cut the strings, ropes, and chains that bind me. 
They've got me in this current set and this morning I felt the first squeeze. My hateful mother drugged me in before the Prescott's attorneys. How foolish of me to think that I could outfox one of the craftiest bitches the world has ever seen. The issue is the money, of course. The issue is always money with my family. I haven't been fooling anybody, Dallas. I'll just cut right to the chase. The will was read. I've got 12 months to find a woman and get married. No wife, no conception of an heir, no inheritance. Of course, I'll be hiring my own attorneys, but Dallas, I can't be poor. I'm so sorry. I wish I was a better person, a stronger, more principled person. I'm nobody's superhero, Dallas. I'm just a greedy little... The music belongs to you now, my friend. Every word, every note, these songs are our children, brother. Give them a good life. Enclosed are the pages and releases for everything we worked on together. It's all yours now, baby. Make it happen, Dallas. Make Joy understand you. Understand, I love you. Ryan. Knock, knock. Joy entered the room. Dallas quickly stood and turned to face an award-filled wall. Can I have just a couple more minutes, please? Uh, Joy walked over and gently placed a hand on the hurting man's shoulder. At the touch of Joy's hand, Dallas spun around and then hugged him. They hugged each other tightly as, as Dallas wept. The intercom buzzed. I've got Pastor Brown holding on four, said four, Joey, said Gloria. Hey, brother, said Joey as he placed the receiver to his ear. Is this, the good, is this a good time, Pastor? Always good to hear your voice, man, said Johnny, especially after that little disappearing act. Actually, I'm in the car. I'm on the way to you. Well, that's what I was initially calling to confirm. But now it looks like I'm going to have to cancel on you. Something's come up. Well, I guess I can just head for Starbucks instead. Nothing serious, I hope. It'll be all right. Dallas has just got some personal bad news. Not the best time for going into the studio. Death in the family? No, but personal nonetheless, Johnny. So personal we can't have a cup of coffee together? Look, I'm already downtown, man. Is Dallas there in the room with you? Restroom. Well, when he comes, I'll ask him if the three of us can sit down together a minute. Traffic is a mess out here, man. Maybe I can help. Forever past the Johnny Brown, laughed Joey. Well, I'm pulling up to spot Starbucks. Call me back so I know what to order. So you're in love with him? Asked Pastor Brown as he added a packet of raw sugar to his cup of Starbucks coffee. The two men were sitting alone in, alone together in Joey's office. Yes, sir, answered Dallas. We love each other, sir. You added a second answer to a singular question? Well, I know what you're probably thinking. If this guy was so in love with me, then why isn't he with me? That's not what I was thinking. I wish I could say the same. I just don't see how he could just walk away so easily. Joey tells me that all the songs bear only your name and there are legally binding releases for each and every song. The man expects nothing. That's some gift. It's why I know he loves me, Pastor. 
His music is everything to him. Are you a believer in the Holy Trinity, Dallas? Asked Pastor Brown, switching gears. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I don't know, Pastor. I believe there is a God for sure. I accept Christ as Lord over my faith, but no need for a but there, brother. That's a very good place to be. It's the main thing. Jesus Christ is Lord. So we agree on the Father and the Son. Now this is where it gets tricky. The Holy Spirit of God, said the pastor, taking a huge gulp of brew before continuing. I don't claim to be a prophet, seer, or fortune teller, Dallas. Yet, I see something going on here. Spiritual forces are at work here, brother. I knew it the moment I saw you with Joey at the restaurant. It's why I insisted on sitting in on what I thought would be your first studio session today. I'm sensing something big is about to happen. Are we getting a little off topic here, Pastor? Maybe. Maybe what? Asked Dallas. Did you notice the intensity with which Joey was looking over those songs? Man, hardly noticed I was in the room. I'm surprised he didn't even bump into the doorframe on his way out. Ryan's probably the best songwriter he's read in a long time. We were all three just about to go into the studio in San Francisco when all that drama jumped off. I didn't know anything about a package being sent here today, and yet I knew it was important that I be here. The Lord is up to something here, brother. You mark my words. Write them down if you want. You said you weren't a prophet, pastor, said Dallas, trying and failing to hide his skepticism. I think we were talking about my broken heart. I know you probably heard a lot, of my, a lot about my little brother in the last couple of months. I'm very sorry for your loss, pastor. Actually, it's still pretty hard for Joy to talk about him. But, well, since we got here to Los Angeles, Dwayne had a previous near brush with death. A very nasty car accident. I did hear about that. It happened in Ohio? Yes. The man was in a coma for 10 days. It was an awful close call, Dallas. Thank God he did eventually wake up and with only superficial damage. I was there at the hospital when he woke up. I'll never forget the strangeness of that second day he was conscious. Strange? Asked Dallas. Nodding. Pastor Johnny continued. On the second day he was awake, several of my family members were doing shifts around the clock at his bedside. I happened to be the one in the room when his eyes opened up on that Tuesday morning. In a weak and shallow voice, Dwayne asked me to prop his head up on a couple of pillows, then raise the top of the hydraulic bed until he was setting all the way up. I will never forget this, Dallas. My brother then started talking. Not mumbling, talking, in as a clear voice as I ever heard him speak. What was even more amazing were the words that were coming out of his mouth. And that is chapter 7 of the Epiphany. And I don't want to start on chapter 8 because it's very long. Mm -hmm. So we're going to end the read with chapter 6 and chapter 7 of the Epiphany. I hope you guys enjoyed the read. And this is now time for us to interact with the Almond Delights. So hello and welcome to everyone that is listening in on Almond Delights Reading Corner. 
so I'm going to drop the link if anybody wants to come up here and we can discuss what we read or what you heard and we can go from there or we can just interact in the chat whichever one you want to do but if you would like to hit the link you don't have to show yourself but yeah <laughs> so did you guys enjoy the read I think Dallas is you know they're they're kind of moving along and as we can see honey the love of money is the root of all evil because that mother Colleen Prescott honey she just swept her son right away simply because she knew 20 million dollars over being with for them at the time for her being with a man she knew that her son was going to choose the money just like Ryan said Ryan said I can't be poor Dallas so I'm going to give you all of my songs and I'm going to take this good old money. I'm going to go marry a woman and possibly have a baby and not even be happy. But he's going to have $20 million in his life. Now tell me that ain't something y'all know, y'all done heard and saw before. Oh, we have a guest. Hola. Hello. Hi, Mr. Timothy Blaine. How, How are, are you? I'm doing well. I was here last week, but you guys started talking about something else. I thought it was over. And when I came back, you were already gone. So, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, it was <laughs> a quick, it's, it's like it was a quick read last week. Well, the chapter right. was very, it was long. I think we did two chapters last week. So it right. ended up being about 45 minutes when I finished. So oh, it's going to take off now. Now, this is the point where, where it, it, it well, I can't say what happened, but. Right. <laughs> You always got to have a murder in there somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad you're sticking with it. Oh, yes. Oh, I have to finish this book. I need to know what happens all the way to the end of the, at least this book for now. Right, right. That Colleen. <laughs> she is something else. But you see, the the love of money and Ryan for Ryan to actually write him a note saying, I can't be poor, you know. 20 million bucks, honey. 20 million is 20 million. What would you do in real life? What would you do if you had to choose between your money. lover? <laughs> get the money and then come and find the lover. After you get the money. So but would you... Five is his, you know. Right. So would you actually go and marry a woman and have a child? Like that was the conditions of the will. Right. Well, it, it, it'll unveil. It'll show what happens, you know. No, what would you do in real life if you had to do that? Would you go marry a woman for $20 million? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> All they got to get to is, is age 25. Right. So after that, they can divorce. They can do all kinds of stuff. Right. But uh, it gets real interesting going forward now. They're going to, to uh, warp speed. But would you would you want to choose the woman or would, would, would you want your family to choose the woman? You know, you don't really want to be with her. So. And right. I'm saying in real life, not the book. I don't want you to tell right. me what happened in the book. In real life, would you want your parents to choose the woman that you would have to marry? Or would you go out and just try to find no, somebody that you find might? Somebody. <laughs> right. oh, okay. So you at least want to like the lady. Right. <laughs> well, in fiction and in, in movies, they always make it where, the, the, you know, the main character chooses love over money. You know, right. It's not really realistic because a whole lot of people, you know, want to have the 20 million dollars and all the love, you know. But yeah, it, it, I, it, 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 it unravels. 
I, I'm with you though. I, I can't even lie. It's not even the love of money that I would choose. It's just the money. And like you said, uh, along the line, you know, then you go and grab the love that you actually, <laughs> that you really wanted. So, right. you so know. So it looks like uh, uh, Ryan is mildly bisexual. Remember, he really didn't know who he was in the beginning. Right, right. So he has capacity to, to, to love a woman. But he just, he really wanted to be with Dallas. But he sees now that the money is really, they're dangling it over his head. So right. he has to, he has to choose the money in order for them to keep the name going. So is the right. family name, is the family name really that important? Do to you the think? Woman? Oh, to, 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 to the no, mother. I'm See, talking the, mother knows, the mother knows that after he turns 25, she has no more power over him. He's gone. Right, right. He's got 20 million bucks. That ain't, that's not a lot of money to them because they have a lot of money. It's a Prescott fortune, you know. So, but, but for over him for that long. But for you, if you were an only child and you know you had to carry the name Blaine on, right. would you? Would you? Uh, I guess. Well, you don't nowadays. You don't have to necessarily be with a woman to have a child, you know. Right. But but would you go that way? Is it that important to choose the family name over? Over love because she oh, wants I him to have it. an heir. I didn't do it in real life. <laughs> I don't want to blame. That's what I blame. Right, right. No. But I, I know. <laughs> but see, for why would you do that to a woman? You're going to saddle her with somebody who doesn't love her. Right. For ulterior motives, I wouldn't do that to somebody. Then you're going to you're going to suck up all of the, her youth. She's right. trying to hang on to you, make her marriage work, and then eventually you're going to walk away because of your nature. But I think in their in their case with Ryan, hopefully, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen in the book, but hopefully he chooses someone and tells her the plan and at least say, well, let me do this. We're going to do this and I'm going to pay you <laughs> for this marriage. And I'm just saying, I, I'm thinking about maybe that's what what that's what's going to happen. Don't tell me, but maybe that's what's going to happen. I'm, I would think that would be a good idea for him to do well, if he's going since he's going to go that route. You got to see how it works out, buddy. <laughs> right. Love wins. Well, love, well, we'll see. Love and gospel music, honey. Love. Yeah. Okay, gospel music. So it's a four-part book. You hear that, like, certain things mentioned, like that record company. That's the next book. Oh, okay, but, okay. Muse, which is a writer who becomes a gospel. It's always around the gospel music industry, right? Mm -hmm. And then, then the next book called uh, "The Label" is about th that that theater, right? That's that's the last book, and it's about the, a haunted theater. So it goes all back into the history of the theater, oh. how they all came about and everything. And that's an actual theater in San Francisco, right? Is right. That a, okay. Right. I'm, I'm gonna you know, Google that. Actual theater. See, I worked at a theater at 15 years old. So mm -hmm. I might have passionate it mostly after that theater. No, so so I in the original book, Loving Gospel Music, I created the theater. It was based on the theater that I worked on, worked in in Indiana when I was a child, right? And then it became a church. Then they, you know, the, the, Johnny became a make pastor in that church kind of thing, and then it became a record company later on. Okay. I can't tell you the whole. The yeah, whole no, I, I know you're not gonna tell me, but I, I just, I like the fact that the last name was Brown. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I, I chuckled when I read that, you know, Pastor and Mrs. Brown. So I was like, okay. Right, right. That was Joey's lover's uh, brother, 
right. He a mega pastor. He was the drug dealer at first. He became a mega pastor. And then the lady, Mrs. Brown, is the woman he met in seminary. Okay. So all those things, all those stories are in the first book. This is the second book. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we enjoyed the read this week. Well, I um, really enjoyed listening to it. Thank I'm glad you did. And so we're going to continue on our read next week at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, I I'll thank, certainly be here. Yes, uh, thank you for joining us. So, it's funny to hear somebody else reading, reading what you wrote, you know. It, love, it, yes. But it's it's funny just knowing that you're in the chat. So it's kind of, you know, it, and I love the fact that it's, it's easy to bring the book alive and that the fact that you're enjoying it. Because a lot of times authors may just breeze past people that may review their books or whatever. They don't really pay attention to it. Right. But, you know, it's great yeah, to have the author actually here. <laughs> right, right. So, but you're but you're here and you're you're enjoying it. So, you know, I appreciate that. And the almond delights, they enjoy the read too. Uh, you know, because I told you a couple of them, a few of them have bought your books more than just one. So okay. that's plural. So <laughs> get them all. That's up there's four of them. Yes, I'm yes. For five now. How far have you gotten on that? Because I know you said that about you two weeks ago. On three, um, stuck on three, chapter three for a while. But I picked it up again this week. It was at some point you you know you get into the story. You know I got to right. stay off YouTube and just concentrate, and get back into the story. But it's a it's a great it's it's going well though. It's about mm -hmm. let me see. It's called women. It's called one love. So it's about the church. Okay. Remember because he he this pastor we, we're hearing about he is a pastor of a mega church there in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But this is about his family after other people have passed on and so forth. So is it connected to this series or is it yes. just a standalone? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, all, they can all stand alone, but uh, so we always add new characters and so forth. But right. uh, yeah, they're all connected. Well, I look forward to that book. Hopefully it doesn't take, you know. Years. <laughs> right. You know, you like you said, stay off of YouTube. And, uh, <laughs> Right. I I know it's I know it's hard because I listen I can't talk because I'll be there right along with you when you go live. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm right there right along with you. So right, right, right. Uh, okay, so said, you're thank welcome. You. I'll be here next week, and we'll be here uh, reading next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, have a good one. Well, that was awesome. Did anybody else? I would be remiss to, uh, I don't want to, you know, cheat anybody else for wanting to, if you guys want to come up here and speak, if you had something to say uh, about the book. I know I said an hour. So, you know, we have nine minutes. If not, then, you know, we can all go. Um, a little bit of church announcements. If you guys can please look in the description box, all of the links for his books will be in the description box as well as Mr. Timothy Blaine's YouTube channel link. If you guys have not subscribed to him, if you have not subscribed to Almond Brown 09, please hit the subscribe button and then hit the bell so you can get all the notifications when I upload or go live. Um, if you would like to listen to this reading as well as others on the go, you do not have to go to YouTube. You can log in or you can go to 
anchor.fm forward slash almond brown 09 and that link will also be in the description box where you can listen to it on my podcast i would appreciate it if you guys went over there and listened on the podcast as well um it may not have the it may not have the ending where i interact with everyone i don't know if i'm going to edit that part out and just have the read of whatnot but yeah you guys can enjoy this on the go you know while you're at work you don't have to necessarily be on youtube although the clicks and views are okay okay <laughs> but thank you guys um i can't thank everyone for coming in because i know it's not gonna let me go all the way back oh wait maybe it did no i can't But thank you everybody for joining me tonight on this episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. Next week we will start at Chapter 8 of The Epiphany. Hopefully you guys want to download the book if you have not already. Uh, but yeah, that's it if no one has anything else to say. I love you guys with the love of God. And there is what? Nothing you can do about it. I love you guys. Talk to you later. Thank you all for joining another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I pray that you enjoyed yourself and you're relaxing your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. Come back and join us again next week. As we continue our reading. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Be blessed and enjoy your evening.